For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today we had 11 games in the NBA, oh, not the in-season tournament, but on the week of the in-season tournament, we have lots to talk about, lineup changes, injury news, uh, lots of big performances and a lot of bad performances we are going to discuss. Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today, like we said, we're reviewing an 11 game slate in the NBA, talking about all the fantasy basketball implications. There's a few injuries we need to talk about today, there's a few lineup changes we need to talk about today, and obviously lots of big performances. Um, so we're going to get in and discuss. If you haven't already, uh, this week I've already posted a buy low podcast and video over on YouTube, so you can go and check that one out. Make sure you hit the big thumbs up when you do. And same with a sell high video. So you can go and look at that one. Today we're reviewing the pods and then on the weekend we'll be doing a week eight preview. So on and so forth. So we're going to get stuck into it now. I will put a disclaimer out there that I am recording this whilst the last two games are going on. The Clippers and the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers are currently in the fourth quarter of those games. So I haven't actually watched those games when we get to them yet, but I watched the first three quarters and then jumped on here. Just need to finish this recording before uh, I couldn't wait longer so we can get this up to you guys. But let's get stuck into it, talking about the games, and we are going to... That is the wrong screen. Of course it is. Had some issues before recording, and... Whilst it's fixed now, it threw my video off. Okay, here we go. Here is the box scores. So let's have a look. We are starting over in Detroit versus the Grizzlies. Grizzlies obviously beat the Detroit Pistons, who have lost 18 games, I believe, in a row, 18 in a row, and um, they had a lineup change. We'll start with that. They put in Bogdan Bogdanovich to the starting lineup. Fine. Absolutely fine. He's a good player. Probably your best floor space out there. You need that for players like Cade Cunningham. You need that for players like Jade. Oh, wait. You need it for Jaden Ivey? Oh, no. You actually put him on the bench, and you've started Isaiah Stewart again. Again. And I don't know why we keep doing this. Isaiah Stewart, he's not good. He is, he is not a good starting player. He's definitely not a good starting power forward. He, look... He hit one of three, so theoretically he's a quote-unquote floor spacer, but he really isn't. He's also terrible on defense. He, he, he's not very mobile. He doesn't hustle all that hard, despite what it kind of looks like. He plays very erratically. I just I don't understand it, but for now, it's frustrating for fantasy basketball. Um, Ivy, 
he didn't play at all in the first quarter, and then he played the entire second quarter, all 12 minutes. He ended up playing 23 minutes in total, putting up nine points, three rebounds, two assists, but he did have three steals and two blocks in that time. He was clearly playing quite hard, um, 50% from the field, and he also hit a three. So the line itself is actually pretty good when you look past the rebounds, points, and assists. It's not a bad line, but it is obviously extremely frustrating if you have him on your fantasy roster. I still will hold, um, and I still will hold Asar Thompson as well. Now, the frustrating thing for him here is the fact that he did not have any fouls in his 16 minutes. He simply is just getting benched, and for the life of me, again, I can't understand why. You You and me... Me, who I'm talking to you right now, we saw Asar Thompson play the first, what was it, 15, 14 games of the season. And look, we're not all blonde. We could see what he was doing out there. Now, he's a rookie. He makes mistakes. He turns the ball over. He's not the most efficient shooter. But what that guy was doing on the defensive end of the court was incredible. I think he's a very intelligent player. And the fact that you're benching a top five pick who... Came out of the gun, the gates firing. He was probably top three in the Rookie of the Year conversation prior to his benching. And now you're benching him so you can get in, you know, livers and keep Stewart out on the court. I understand Bogdanovich getting out there, but don't bench Asar Thompson, who was your top five pick, who actually looked great when he was out there. Don't, it's just, I don't see the point. He is your future of the franchise this franchise was set up with Cade, Ivy, Duran, and Asar. Like, those are your four pieces. You know, um, f- three of the four of the players were top five picks. You had a number one pick in Cade, two number five picks in Ivy and Thompson, and then Duran, who should have been a lottery pick, picked. Oh, was he in the lottery? Well, he should have been a top seven pick, top six, I think I had him, um, who was drafted in the lottery or just outside of the lottery. Those are your cornerstones. And obviously... It's pretty obvious that Kay Cunningham and Duran are getting the minutes that they can and putting up numbers that they are. But these other two need to be given a chance, and it just frustrates the shit out of me, and it, it does not make any sense. Uh, also, by the way, um, just a blanket language warning, because I don't know, I'm feeling a bit fiery today, and uh, just some coaches and some events today just really pissed me off. So um, I would hold Asar, I would hold Ivy. The buy low that I put uh, Asar Thompson on, uh, earlier in the week, I think is my confidence in that rectifying sooner rather than later is dwindling a little bit. So I still will hold. If I was to buy low, I might still send out my worst player, but uh, I don't even know anymore. Um, it's it's looking bad. I thought there was a chance potentially with the fouls. He had five fouls in his last two games where he was benched. This time, no fouls. Still only played the 16 minutes and... They're just, they're just playing minutes all over the place. Like, they ran a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. They had an 11-man rotation, five minutes for Marcus Sasser in the first half, which was weird, then didn't go back onto the court. Burke, 17 minutes. Wiseman played over um, uh, Marvin Bagley. He had seven minutes. Livers, 18. Uh, the minutes are just all over the place here. I just don't know what to make of it, to be honest. I really don't. The only thing we do need to note on this game as well is that Jalen Duran went down to the very end of the game with another ankle injury, because of course he did. Um, someone commented to me in the start of the preseason, we worried about his, um, you know, uh, glass ankles, I think was the phrase that they used. And I said, well, at the time, like, he had an ankle injury last year. 
and he had an ankle injury in the preseason. But since then, he's had like three more ankle injuries. So it proved to be a comment that was right. I kind of disagree with how we got there in the end. But these ankle injuries are really starting to become quite annoying. And I look... When it's something like an ankle sprain and things like that, we remember we saw Steph in his early in his career, you know, glass ankles, and since then he's been fine. But at least in the short term, it is something to be a little bit concerned about with Jalen Duran. Again, he was a guy on the buy low show. Obviously, he had a great game today, 17 points, 11 rebounds, uh, 8 of 12 from the field, um, 30 minutes, had a block in there as well. Uh, hit his only free throw, so that was something that was hurting his overall value. So the line was great, much more what I expected, obviously, Maybe you could predict him injuring his ankle for the third time this season. Um, it sucks that it was the first game after the buy low show, but obviously that sucks for him. Uh, you will... I mean, oh, fuck, I don't know what you'd... If I were them, I would start Isaiah Stewart at the five and I would put Asar Thompson back in. But they obviously won't do that. They're, um, yeah, they just won't do that. Maybe Ivy comes back in. They could go a number of different ways. So if I have Asar, if I have Ivy, uh, I'm waiting. I also, um, if I have Killian Hayes, I'm also waiting. He could be a sneaky pickup. He was injured. I think he injured his hip or quad or something at, at some point this during this game. Left, did come back in the end. So hopefully that means he's good to go. Started the game very efficiently, but then trailed off considerably in the second half. But he's still someone that can give you some good assists and steals moving forward. Uh, and I think he is going to be good. As for Bogdanovich, he was great in this game. 22 points. Uh, must roster player, four threes. He had three steals. Treasure those steals. They will not be something that happens very often. Might be his season high this year, those three steals. Uh, he was efficient, 8 of 15 from the field. Uh, hit both his free throws, and I believe now he's something like the freaking like, top 10 player in fantasy rankings. That's obviously not going to stick. Yeah, he's the 10th ranked player, according to Basketball Monster at the moment of me reading this, but that will obviously not hold. He's a must-roster player. He's more likely just to be a points, threes, and free throw percentage guy with not much else. You obviously got that in this game, and you got the additional steals and good efficiency, but don't expect that to hold. Let's talk about Cade Cunningham, and I've got a bit of a bone to pick, and I don't know if this is... I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but it really kind of pisses me off a little bit when people, and I won't name names, when people uh, have double standards or you know call other people out for saying something dumb on a... Um, for saying something done on a, a blog post, what, what do you call those things? Those little posts that, that you see on Yahoo when you click on their thing, it's, I think it's done by Roto World or, or NBC Sports or something like that. And they say something and, and someone really calls it out and says that that was stupid advice and that was the worst thing that someone, you know, that's terrible. I saw a thing today to say that Cade Cunningham continues to disappoint and he is doing more harm than good to your fantasy team in a similar kind of blog post. And... It was by the same people that called that first post out. And I just thought it was super ironic. And it really kind of gave me the shits. Because you look at this line. 16 points, 4 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 steals, had a block, hit a 3, was perfect from the free throw line. Now, yes, he had 5 turnovers. Oh, no, turnovers, turnovers. It's going to be ruined. It's a terrible fantasy line. No, it's a fucking good fantasy line. 10 assists is extremely valuable. 2 steals, great. He hit all 3 of his free throws. Awesome. Hit a 3, great. 16 points, it's not awesome, but it's something. He had a block in this game as well. This is Cade Cunningham. He can do this. And the fact that they are benching Asar Thompson, maybe we see the blocks come back up. Durant injured, maybe the rebounds come back up. Things are pointing up for Cade Cunningham. So if you're reading things like this to say that this is a low point in his season and you know he's going to be more harm than good for your fantasy team, 
look, again, I'm not calling out names, but if you see shit like that, uh, I think you should turn the other way and... Well, first of all, make sure you know what kind of league you're getting your advice from and if it's applicable to your league because in a points league, it doesn't matter how efficient they are. In a head-to-head category league, you could be punting certain categories. You could be punting turnovers, punting field goal percentage, and you don't give a shit. In a roto league, yes, there maybe is something more to it. And if that advice is specifically for roto leagues, then it should specify that. It should absolutely specify that. And I think as an industry, we can lift there. Um, so again... I think Kay Cunningham, he's been doing almost exactly what I expected this season. The rebounds have been down because of Asar and Duran taking them from him, but now he has an opportunity for that to rise. So I do not think this is a low point in the season for him. I think that this is, you know, he's been on the rise the last couple of weeks, and I do think that this will be a continual point for him to launch off of and be good. So do not panic for him. And if you have someone in your league that believes that kind of shit that they read, Go and offer a trade, get him for someone who's like a top 100 player and just dominate your league from there and thank me later. Um, yes, but five turnovers. Oh, no. Drop Kate Cunningham. No, don't drop Kate Cunningham. He's a good player. Uh, anyway, I'm going to stop ranting and we'll move on to the other team. Desmond Bain, was he was bloody awesome in this game. 49 points, um, six rebounds, eight assists. He hit 19 of 31 field goals, four threes, and was perfect. Seven of seven from the free throw line. He had a steal, had two blocks. And oh no, three turnovers. Um, but he was amazing. Obviously, I think probably the best line of the night. Incredible. And when your matchup in a head-to-head format has two games from every player this week, a game like this goes a long way to helping you secure the victory. And um, yeah, big, big performance. I believe this was his career high in points. Maybe a moment to sell high on him because Ja Moran is not too far away. I think he's got four games left or five, four or five games left before he returns. So if you can get a second round player for Desmond Bain, I would be doing so um, because Ja will ultimately affect him. And he hasn't been a second round player so far this season anyway. Um, so... Although, actually, no, sorry, after this game, he moves up to the 20th ranked player in nine category rankings. In a minus one setting, he doesn't quite get there just outside the top 24, uh, but that will come down. So grab a second round player now if you can. If not, just continue to enjoy these occasional big performances. Jaron Jackson Jr. seems to be back in stride. He had 24 points, only the four rebounds, but, you know, he's not the best rebounder. Uh, No assists, but three blocks. He was 50% from the field, hit two threes, uh, missed one of his three free throws, but another good line for him. Uh, Yeah, really good to see him blocking some more shots recently, and this scoring is much more efficient of late. So good game for him. Uh, The rest of this Grizzly teams, though, man, it's, it's bloody hard to figure out what's going on because... Let's start with the center rotation uh, because me, the idiot that is giving you fantasy advice, uh, went to stream in Xavier Tillman today. Now, in my industry pickup league, I needed a forward eligible player and I was targeting defensive stats, steals and blocks. So Xavier Tillman, to me, was a good option. He was coming back. He had a good game last game, at least, and the last two he's had some decent defensive stats. Um, and, you know, thought that he could challenge or at least split minutes with Bismack Biombo. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Uh, he played six minutes, only in the second half, and then didn't see the court again. Bismack Biombo played 25, and they also played some minutes with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Santi Aldama running 
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At the 4-5, and they played some Vince Williams Jr. minutes there as well. And he was actually okay when he was on the court in his 24 minutes. Doesn't show up too much in the stat sheet, but he did uh, affect the game uh, positively, uh, I thought. Uh, so don't worry about Xavier Tillman. I, you know, I streamed him in. I will immediately be dropping him in that league. I think that you can too in 12s and probably 14-team leagues. He... Look, I don't know if he's going to come back into this rotation. This doesn't look like something that they're going to really budge from. Um, they're going to be running Bismack, Jaron, uh, Santi, Vince Williams, all kind of ahead of him. So I don't think we need to worry about him uh, at all. Bismack Biombo is still fine that you can have on your team. It still does make sense. I don't know if... Um, Xavier Tillman's going to be coming after his role anytime soon. Now, he's not an excellent fantasy player, but 25 minutes, he can give you boards, he can give you field goal percentage, even though he was one for three on this game, but he can also give you blocks. Won't give you much outside of that, but for certain cases, that can be useful. And the rest of this team, I just don't think you really need to worry about. Don't worry about Derek Rose. Don't worry about David Roddy. Uh, Santi Aldama, I think if you wanted to, you could move on from him. I might give him another game if he was on my fantasy roster because... Are you going to use someone on Friday if you add them? You could drop him for someone on a Thursday, but chances are it's going to be a really back-end kind of stream and how much of a difference is that going to make in your fantasy roster? Not much, I would have thought. If there's like a Obi Toppin available or who's another player that I would potentially drop him for? He's probably the main one that sticks out to me. If someone was like that available, I would drop uh, Aldama for that. But otherwise, I'd give another game, put him on my bench on Friday when there's 13 games, get another sample size, get another data point, and then make a decision after that moving forward. But it's not looking good for him. All right, let's go to the Orlando Magic versus the Cleveland Cavaliers game. And this game, we have an injury to talk about. My boy, Jalen Suggs, went down with an injury after nine minutes of game time. He actually went out of this game with an ankle injury, came back, got a block, and on that block injured his ankle again. Now, I watched this one several times and I watched it in slow motion, zoomed right in like the bloody doctor that I am. And uh, it didn't, it was a weird one. Now, you you often, they called it an ankle sprain. Um, So, or yeah, an ankle sprain, I think was the wording that they used to describe the injury. I don't know how accurate that is. It looks like he injured it on the takeoff, not the landing. So it wasn't a typical kind of coming back down, rolling the ankle on the landing. It looked like as he's gone to jump, that final step that he took before going for the block, either the ankle, you know, tweaked underneath him a little bit. And if that's the case, it might not be super serious. It might be the fact that he did it twice and it was feeling just a bit shit from the first one. 
That's a best case scenario, and, it, and if that is the case, then obviously that is great. The other thing that it could be is it could be a calf or an Achilles tear. It did look pretty bad. He needed to be helped off the court. Um, so just because I think the official report is that he had an ankle sprain, I don't know if we can relax or exhale just yet. Keep eye, keep an eye on the uh, injury report. Now, don't drop him. Definitely don't drop him. Remember, even if he's not there for Friday, you're going to have 13 games played. So you can cover him at least for the rest of this week. And we've got an extended break before they play again next week because there's no games that count for them on Saturday and Sunday. So not the worst time if it is an ankle sprain. He might only end up missing a game or two at the best case. Worst case, it could be a very serious injury. But obviously, we can't do too much. Um, we just have to sit and uh, wait a little bit here. Franz Wagner had a terrible game in 40 minutes. He was 3 of 16, just could not could not get the ball in the basket. He did have 80% uh, on the free throw line and 10 attempts and 3 steals to kind of help make up for it. And 6 rebounds and 9 assists. So outside of scoring, the, the line is actually pretty decent, but really did hurt your field goal and missed all 5 of his 3s. Paolo Boncaro on the flip side had an amazing game. He had a career high 42 points, 6 rebounds. Only the 1 assist, uh, but very efficient. 16 of 26 from the field. He hit 1 of 5 threes, and but still, you know, 75% of the free throw line on 12 or 10 does hurt a little bit. He had two blocks, no steals, and three turnovers. So, uh, really good scoring game with the with the blocks there as well. That is that is something that you like. Um, in terms of the replacements for for Suggs, it's Cole Anthony is going to be the one that benefits the most, I believe. He had 19 points, seven rebounds, two assists, a steal, and two blocks. Those defensive stats you'll definitely take. He did also hit a three as well. So, I think he is a potential guy to move into the starting lineup um, over Suggs. I'm not really too interested in Anthony Black. He still only played 14 minutes in this game. He had 11 points, but literally nothing else. And it took 100% shooting for him to get there. Five of five from the field. If that's two of five, he has four points and zero other stats. So he's just not a guy that's proven yet to me that he's really worth even a stream in fantasy leagues because he doesn't provide much at this point in his career. Uh, let's talk about the center battle. We had 24 minutes for Goga Badatse, and we had 21 minutes for Mo Wagner, which means they did go small for a little bit in this game. Um, Goga was okay. Six uh, points, three rebounds, three assists, and he did have his block and 75% from the field. He is okay to be dropped because you're not likely going to be using him on Friday, and um, it looks like, hopefully... Uh, We're going to see Wendell Carter Jr. back for this team soon. Um, Look, you could hold on to him, and and as long as he's kind of starting, he'll be okay, back-end sort of stuff. But if you need to make the next move, he is a guy that you need now to consider dropping, or uh, if if that's something you can do. Uh, Franz Wagner, I'd be more hesitant to move on from. He can still do really good things, even in a backup role. Uh, What do you have? 11 points, 4 assists. Super efficient, as he has been. Uh, Missed 3 of his free throws, which does kind of suck, but had the 2 steals as well. And he is uh, continuing to be one of the most efficient guys off the bench for the entire season. Uh, and the rest of this team, not too much else to discuss. So I don't really see any huge winners outside of Cole Anthony for the Jalen Suggs injury, and he's probably picked up in your roster. But if he is available in your roster, you absolutely go ahead and add him in every single league. For the Cavs, uh, we had a big game here for Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. They both played really well, 35-7-6 and six for uh 
Donovan Mitchell with a steal. Uh, we had 26 points, three rebounds, nine assists. Uh, no defensive stats for Darius Garland, but very efficient. 10 of 18 from the field. Hit all five of his free throws. Um, Donovan Mitchell also hit five uh, threes. Missed three of his free throws, which does kind of suck, but was efficient from the field. Evan Mobley continues just to not get enough shots. So I've adjusted my projections. Oh, I did a couple of weeks ago, to be honest. Um, so I'm not sure if he's going to lift, uh, reach my lofty heights for my preseason projection when it comes to scoring. But the good thing is, so far this season, his free throws, even though he didn't have any in this game, his free throw percentage has been higher. The blocks have been solid. The rebounds have been really good, despite only five in this game. They had been better up until this point. So he is still near around where I sort of had him in the season, just doing it in different ways, uh, not the scoring better free throw percentage. Uh, and Jarrett Allen, uh, he had the five personal fouls in this game. So did uh, Mobley as well, by the way. Um, so that limited him to 19 minutes in this game. He still had eight points, 11 rebounds, two assists and a steal. So don't worry too much about his minutes. Even I think that they're going to be much higher than that. Uh, that was because of the five fouls. Five fouls also for Max Struess, but they didn't stop him getting 31 minutes. And he was he came out red hot in this game. And I'm bloody going up against him in industry pickup. And I think he hit his first four threes for the game. Um, he went and ended up going four for eight for three points. So cooled off in the second half, but still finding ways to get it done. He is a must roster at this stage. I still... Wouldn't shock me if later in the season he's someone that we don't have to hold, but for now, 17, 5, and 6 with a steal, four threes. He is doing a lot that he was not doing ever in his career prior to this, so he is someone that we are definitely roster. The rest of the bench, we do not worry. Uh, we got five minutes of Tristan Thompson because why the fuck not? Let's get him in there, the old uh, the old Kardashian Thompson. Uh, yeah, we don't obviously care about him. Uh, let's go to the Philadelphia 76ers versus the uh, Washington Wizards and Joel Embiid saw uh, Desmond Bain's game and said, I'll one-up you by one point. He dropped 50 points. Uh, 13 rebounds and 7 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, and uh, amazing from the free throw line and from the field. Hit a 3. 6 turnovers, but an amazing, an amazing line uh, in 38 minutes. 38 minutes also for Tyrese Maxey, and I'm still waiting for Nick Nurse to just kill his knees or ankles or something. Uh, but he is rolling still. No turnovers, had the 7 assists and 26 points. Perfect from the free throw line, 50% from the field. Great, great, great. Nothing that can't sustain there, I don't believe. De'Anthony Melton has put to bed those concerns about everyone who thought that he was a drop. Obviously, he is not now, or never was, really. And if he was available, I hope you grabbed him. If he is, for whatever reason, available, absolutely pick him up. But he is uh, cooking. 19 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, 50% from the field, 2 threes, all 7 free throws, 2 steals, and a block. Great, great fantasy line there as well. And Tobias Harris, as a guy who is a self-proclaimed Tobias Harris hater, I hate the guy, just absolutely hate his guts. He he nearly made the buy low show this week. Now, I only have to, five people that I put in there and I, I kind of just left him off based on principle and reputation, <laughs> but uh, he is playing shit right now. And remember when he was shooting 66% from the field at the start of the season? I said he was a sell high. Yeah, it, that, was a, that was a good call. And uh, he has obviously fallen way off. Now, he will be better than this, um, but I view him more as a top 100 player in a minus one setting. In a nine category setting, even my projections have him top 75, but I don't believe you should view players in nine category rankings. So for that reason, I view him more as a top 90, top 100 guy. He will be very consistent, still had his 34 minutes, so there's some safety there. Um, but, you know, the back end of roster, I don't want safety. I want upside. And Tobias Harris, 
for the most part, does not provide that. As for the power forward position, he went back to Nick Batum. He had 32 uh, minutes, 9, 6, and 5. No defensive stats. I think we could be doing better in fantasy basketball 12-team leagues. Maybe in a deeper league, 14 or 16-team league, he's a guy that can at least provide you some solid production, uh, assuming his minutes can stay up. And with his minutes up, Rob Covington uh, played four minutes. Um, so, yeah, just continually very up and down with his minutes. Paul Reed also only played the nine minutes, uh, didn't do much in that time as well. So obviously they're only there when we need to stream them in when a lot of the guys are out. And uh, buried the lead a little bit here with Kelly Oubre returning to this game. He had a minutes limit, I believe. Don't know exactly what that was. We can assume around 20 minutes. He played 19 off the bench, had 12 points, three rebounds, one assist. He did it efficiently, hit one of his threes, hit his only free throw. Uh, No steals and blocks in this game. He is a solid guy to have on your fantasy team. I don't think he is for everyone, though. So he's going to be a points, threes, and maybe a steal per game kind of a guy. He's never going to be a guy who gives you assists. He's never going to be a guy that gives you blocks. He doesn't rebound very well. And his efficiency can be very up and down. It can be good one game, very bad the next game. So understand that he was probably outperforming what he is going to do the rest of the season prior to his injury. Um, but it was good, obviously, to see him back out there after a bad uh, random injury for him. And we are, we are going so long on this podcast, so I'm going to speed things up a bit. Um, Jordan Poole, he had an efficient game. The, the shit thing here is no free throw attempts, which just continues to just baffle me. I don't understand where his free throw attempts have gone. But he went 10 of 16 from the field, 60 plus percent, uh, 23 points. No, nothing else, really. A steal. He had three threes. Um, solid. If those free throws came, if he was also, you know, six of six from the free throw, and this would be a bloody great game for him. Um, But some positive signs, I'm not getting sucked in just yet. Uh, Tyus Jones, also really good. 20 points, three rebounds, eight assists, a steal, and two blocks. Extremely efficient. Hit two threes and all his free throws. Great, great game. I think he's still someone you hold on to, but it will be very up and down as is most things with this Wizards team. Daniel Gafford had 18, 6, and 4 with two blocks and a steal. 80% from the field, hit both his free throws. Great stuff. Um, And also good stuff here for Kyle Kuzma. Now, not the volume that we've come to expect. The same amount of shot attempts for Kuzma as Jordan Poole. They actually had nearly identical usage. Neither of them had any free throws in this game. They just didn't seem to get to the free throw line, uh, did the Washington Wizards. The Philadelphia 76 has got all of those. Um... So, is this a sign that things are maybe leveling out between he and Jordan Poole? I'm not ready to believe it, but let's watch this situation. But he was still uh, solid, at least, and didn't tank your percentages there. And Danny Avdia, um, eight points is not the greatest, but eight rebounds, eight assists, and a block in this game. Could have been worse. I still think he's a back-end-ish guy. Um, to provide you rebounds, assists, and maybe some defensive stats from time to time, but not for every team. Uh, Bilal Kulabali, he had 27 minutes in this game, 14 points, 3 assists, 3 steals. They can come in there. I don't think it's reliable enough for us to go out of a way to roster, but you could do worse. I think he's more of a streamer, and so is Corey Kispert for threes, who hit four of them for 16 points and not too much else. Three rebounds, one assist, and a steal. He is a deep league guy or a threes streamer, and the rest of this team we do not need to worry about. Let's keep firing along. The uh, Atlanta Hawks versus the Brooklyn Nets here. We had uh, Mikael Bridges as a sell-high guy, and I think the opportunity is still there. 32 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. He had a block in this game, very efficient. Again, 
Uh, perfect 5 of 5 from the free throw line, only one turnover. Perfect. I think he's still a sell high. The assists are not going to be this good every night. Um, the rest, I think, can maybe maintain. The efficiency maybe falls off a little bit from there, but I do also believe that he is a sell high because people took him in the second round and he might still have that name value there. Cam Johnson is doing his thing. Some people are disappointed with him. This is great. This is 17 points, six rebounds, three assists, three threes, and a steal. Not too much more you can ask from Cam Johnson. That is more of what I expect moving forward. Um, Cam Thomas stunk it up 30%, but the other interesting thing here is the fact that the usage was down. Only 10 field goal attempts uh, was behind Bridges, Johnson, Dinwiddie, uh, equal usage with Dorian Finney-Smith, or equal um, shot attempts, I should say. So, that's interesting. No free throws as well, and five turnovers. Bad, bad fantasy game. Now, he's earned himself more time, but this was always the the downside of a Cam Thomas when everyone gets so excited and says that he, he's just a bowler, he can, he can hoop, man, he's, he's just a guy that goes, gets buckets. When he doesn't get buckets, this is what you're left with, and this is a very bad, very empty fantasy basketball line. He's obviously a hold. Um, the sell high might be gone, um, even though with the injury it probably wasn't there in the first place, but... This is a risk of happening. Let's watch to see what his role continues to be if he maybe puts a few of these in a row because that is something that I don't think he's fully earned the trust of this organization and the coaching staff just yet. Um, but we'll watch and monitor this situation. Uh, he did play 26 minutes, so a little bit down in the minutes department as well. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, he played 30, 15 points, 5 rebounds, a steal and a block. He's an okay streamer on low-volume days, uh, as is... Um, Dennis Smith Jr. for defensive stats, two steals in this one. No blocks, but he can sometimes give you that as well. And good efficiency, which is always a bit of a weakness for him. Didn't hurt you today. And uh, Nicholas Claxton, he was uh, inefficient in this one. Only four points, one of five from the field. You would normally expect that to be three of five. Um, Ten and ten with four steals, a steal and a block would be a great line. Four of ten with bad efficiency is not ideal, but... Obviously, I don't think we need to panic too much. On the Atlanta Hawks side of things, we were on the Okongwu Capella watch. The minutes came down a little bit here, down to 23, uh, and the blocks are still not there. Still no blocks, two points, nine rebounds, two assists, and a steal. The buy low window is still there. One of five from the field, missed both his threes. This is a bad performance. There's no getting around this. There's absolutely no need for you to hold him in a points league. I've said that the whole way through. In a category league, I still maintain you need to just sit fat, um, ride it through the ups and downs, and um, just wait it out. I'm pretty confident in that at some point it it will reward you. Don't go through all this pain. Just drop him and let someone else, you know, get the reward for your patience or impatience as well. Uh, Clint Capella, he was solid-ish. Um, four of six from the field. He had 12 rebounds. He also had two blocks. His block rate is back up this season. His blocks were kind of tailing off um, the last couple of years in Atlanta, where before that he averaged two blocks, I think, in like 29 minutes before that. And his block rate is very similar to that season. So I wonder if he can maintain this. That would be a good boost for his value if he's able to do that. Um, the rest of the game was pretty stock standard. A good performance from Sadiq Bay. He hit three threes, uh, but didn't do much else out of score and rebounds. Trey Young had 30 points, nine rebounds. He was inefficient. He also had five turnovers, but so maybe he's hurting you. He's hurting you more than he's helping you. Um, yeah, just terrible, man. Terrible, terrible performance for Trey Young. Drop him. He's, he's terrible. Not a good fantasy player. Uh, 30 points, eh, nine assists, eh, five turnovers. That's terrible. 
terrible. Two blocks as well for Trey Trey Young. Don't uh, don't expect that moving forward. Uh, but perfect from the free throw line as well, and did hit three threes. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic, um, and he is an excellent fantasy player. A first rounder so far this season in minus one rankings. Um, so, yep, exactly doing what I expected this season. And that is all I will say about that. Let's go to the Miami Heat. And uh, let's talk about stupid coaching. And, and Eric Spolster is not a stupid coach. He's not a stupid coach. But in this situation, he did some dumb shit. He, three times, I think, this season, Bam Adebayo has been out and he started Thomas Bryant. Finally, in the last game, I think it was, um, um, Orlando Robinson got the start. And in this game, Orlando Robinson got the start again. And Thomas Bryant was a DNPCD. Did not touch the floor. Coach's decision. And Orlando Robinson said, uh, this is what you should have been doing this entire time, you idiot. And I don't think that, really, Thomas Bryant should ever really start in an NBA game ever again, to be honest. I, I really think, I hope we've learned that lesson. He is not good. He can be fine as a backup if you need. He's like a third string kind of center in NBA terms to me at the moment. Um, but... Orlando Robinson, he needs to be on our radar. If um, Bam misses more time, I don't care. It's a 13-game day. Grab Orlando Robinson. He will be one of your best 10 players. 15 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, and a block. He hit two threes, perfect from the free throw line, and was awesome from the field as well. He was a guy I drafted in the Ball Boys Championship 30 because I knew he had this potential, and he was my handcuff to Bam Adebayo. Took a little while for it to work out, but now we are seeing the rewards and he has to be the backup center moving forward. So in deep leagues, if you're in a 16 or deeper league, I'd be grabbing Orlando Robinson anyway because in a backup role like a Onyeka Kongu and like a... Um, Who's some other examples? Like someone like an Isaiah Jackson, who's a great guy in a limited role. Someone like... Um, I'm blanking on the guy that's the most obvious example. Um like a Daron Sharp kind of type. Uh, who's the guy? Charles Bassey kind of type. This is the kind of player that has a per-minute fantasy upside through the roof. And I think he has legit upside, you know, starting caliber ceiling moving forward in his NBA career. I'm really, really high on Orlando Robinson. I think he's a he's a great find for the Miami Heat. Uh, Caleb Martin also killed at this game. He's been playing pretty well and uh, showing a bit more of that, you know, Celtics Eastern Conference final form. Uh, he had 24 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, and a block. Uh, very efficient as well. Missed two free throws, but that's fine. Um, Jimmy Butler in this one, 19 points, 2 rebounds, 8 assists, and a steal. Solid without being spectacular. He's been... I don't know, would you say he's been underwhelming so far this season? What's, he, what's his actual rank at the moment? Um... Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, where are you, Jimmy? He is the 38th ranked player in nine category rankings, um, and probably worse than that. Yeah, he's worse than that in minus one. So yeah, bit disappointing so far for Jimmy Butler. Maybe he's just pacing himself. I don't know. It's um, you know, Bam in this one, you'd expect him to step up, but a lot of other guys have stepped up instead. So you know, maybe he's just showing a little bit more of his age uh, moving forward. Um, Carl Lowry, he had 27 minutes. Didn't really do much. Again, random block nights. And again, on the day that I'm streaming for blocks and I grab Xavier Tillman, players like Cole Lowry getting two blocks just piss me off. Um, and again, later, my, my matchup, you know, one of the most random two-block games I've ever seen. Uh, but anyway, he had three points, four rebounds, three assists, um, only four shot attempts, made only one of them. And uh, yeah, so he's very much teetering. And I think with Tyler Hero very close to return, 
it wouldn't be the worst move. If there's someone else out there that you want to grab, if you want to stream in the position, I don't think it's the worst thing to drop him in 12 leagues, uh, 12 team leagues and move on. Duncan Robinson continues to do his thing. He will be hurt a lot when uh, Tyler Hero does come back. But until that time, I think you still keep rolling out. And probably even when Tyler Hero comes back, I'd give it a game or two. Um, just kind of wait and see how it goes. I think there are a few other guys that are going to get hurt ahead of him. Um, you know, because he, he, he genuinely looks better and, and more improved in a few other areas. He's not... He's not as reliant on him just being a shooter, I think, at this stage. He is still a great three-point shooter. He had three of ten from today, but he looks like a better cutter, a better playmaker. There's seven assists here highlights that with the no turnovers. He, he genuinely looks like an improved player all around, and he is someone that, even when Tyler Hero comes back, I think he'll be hurt, but I don't think he's someone we drop. Um, I think someone like a, a Hami Hakez is a guy that's going to be affected before a Duncan Robinson. 15 points is, looks great, but... When you look past that, no rebounds, two assists, um, less than 50%. So just, you know, mid-40s in percentage, had one three, hit two free throws, but no steals, no blocks. Um, Pretty empty line when you look past the 15 points in in 32 minutes. So I don't really think he's a 12-team league guy um, more than just a streamer uh, in that point as well because of the, you know, eventual return of Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, I think, when this team is healthy, which they haven't really been so far this season, he will get, uh, you know, he'll drop down. Let's talk about the Toronto Raptors and uh, fucking Scotty Barnes, man. This dude, I, I can't get a, he seems to, and it seems to be a pattern, and I, I, I think he's doing it intentionally, but the first half, he had four field goal attempts. No free throws. He didn't take a single free throw this entire game. He had two turnovers, so his usage was well down. It was like, I think, 17 or 16% in the first half. He got it going in the second half, ended up with 5 of 17 from the field. So four attempts in the first half, 13 attempts in the second half, and a lot of that was in the fourth quarter as well. So he seems to just wait for the fourth quarter to really turn things on. And I don't know if that's the way we should be going about it, man. Like, just... He was inefficient here, and if it was more efficient, it wouldn't have been a bad line. He kind of salvaged it a little bit. 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and a block. It it wasn't a great performance from him. Um, And, yeah, it's just up and down and and makes me anxious a lot of time because he's on a few of my fantasy teams. Um, Yucca Pertle didn't have any impact on the scoring side of things. One of two from the field, two points. Uh, Only six rebounds and assists, but he had four blocks. Um, He had 27 minutes. That's the thing we're watching here, and I think he might not reach the heights that I kind of set for him at the start of the season, but I do think the early season, like, panic is not as... not as panicky, <laughs> I think, anymore because Preston Chua only played the 13 minutes. Um, and, yeah, so I think that that is all good. Gary Trent was a is always a good streaming option. If you look for threes, he had three threes in this game. No steals. The steals are really dried up for him even when he does get out there, 15 points. So very much more just a sole uh, three streamer at the moment. I think there are better steal streamers out there than him. Rough night for Dennis Schroeder, who led the team in shot attempts. Um which is never a good thing to say. He was 9 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, no defensive stats, bad game for him. Pascal Siakam had a good game, though. He was perfect, 11-11 from the free throw line, hit his only 3 and was 9 of 13 from the field. Great, great game from him. He looks aggressive. He had 35 minutes. He had a block. Good game from him. He looks to me like he wants to go out there and get his stats, uh, especially the first two to three quarters when uh, Scotty Barnes is kind of just chilling back there and then Scotty kind of takes over in the fourth quarter. I wish it was a little bit more, you know, your turn, my turn when it comes to fantasy production, 
Um, but so far, the most recent example to me suggests that Pascal Siakam has retaken that number one usage role on this team uh, for the majority of the game. Let's move on to the next one here, the San Antonio Spurs versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, the Timberwolves get the win, 102-94. Uh, Devin Vassell went into the starting lineup in place of Jeremy Sohan. So this is the big news out of this game. Uh, Jeremy Sohan played 21 minutes off the bench. And Trey Jones also remained on the bench. So they didn't replace him with another point guard. They replaced him with Devin Bassell. And they also kept Chetty Osman out there as a starter, which to me just doesn't really make sense. Like if you're going to replace Sohan with a guy who's an older veteran player and the idea is maybe what? So you can get a better lineup around... Victor Wembanyama, you put Trey Jones out there. Like if you if you want that point guard, you put Trey Jones out there. Vassell obviously should start. He's probably their best player right now. Twenty two points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. He was efficient as well. Hit four threes. He still to me has a chance to be from this point on a top fifty player in minus one rankings. Uh, you won't probably reflect that for the entire season because he's had a few uh, stop starts in this season, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get why we need Chetty Osman out there playing 32 minutes, 6 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Look, don't mind Chetty. He's fine, but he can do that off the bench. And just the ration, I, I don't quite understand it. And they lost this game. I don't really know what they're going to do moving forward. I would still hold Jeremy Sohan, but it doesn't look great. Um, again, he's a guy that you look at the rankings and they're bad, but he'd be trending up and he was a guy that in a 30 plus minute point guard role was someone we obviously were keen on coming off the bench playing 23, 21 minutes. Sorry. Um, not as a point guard playing next to Ty's Jones, uh, Trey Jones, sorry, less than ideal. So let's monitor this and see if it changes, but I don't think I'd be giving it a very long leash leash if it stays this way, because it wasn't lighting the world on fire anyway, uh, even when he was starting, but I'd give it a game or two. Friday, put him on the bench again. You're going to have players to replace him, and then after that, we can evaluate. Um, Victor Wemanyamba, he was inefficient again, but uh, still doing enough. He's been basically a first-rounder for the last two weeks. He was nearly going to make my sell-high uh, show, but then I thought... Well, fuck, he could probably do that. <laughs> There's actually a world where he is a first-rounder from here to the rest of the season. Obviously, didn't show here. It was inefficient. Um, you know, no huge block numbers or steal numbers in this one, but obviously don't panic about him. The field goal percentage is going to continue to be bad. It's not going to be his strength of his this season. It might improve. Again, rookies get better, and uh, I'm not too worried about them shutting him down or anything like that. Who knows what kind of injuries we're going to get for the rest of the season. So don't stress. Don't sell low on him after those narratives and things are out and about at the moment. I would be holding him very close to my chest. Uh, Zach Collins, 12 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, no defensive stats, poor efficiency. He'll be better. Don't drop Zach Collins. And Keldon Johnson put up a good game. Again, another player, defensive stats specialist, just in my matchup when I'm going up and I need steals and blocks. The old Keldon Johnson experience comes in and gives him two steals and a block, you know, because that's what he does. What a great defender. And to be fair, he's been better this season. Um, And he also had 21 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and did it efficiently. Really, really good game from him. Uh, he is a must-roster player to me and uh, has definitely ver- uh, diversified his skill set this season. Um, let's talk about the Timberwolves. Mike Conley was really good in this game. He had 18 points, very efficient, uh, or, or fairly efficient as well. From the field, not so much, but perfect from the free-throw line. Had four of ten uh, from three and three steals in this one. Only one turnover. So he is just getting it done, really, at the moment. And another big game from Rudy Gobert, who's really wound back the clock this season so far. 
16 points and 20 freaking rebounds. Also had two blocks, seven of eight field from the field. And what do you know it? He's going up against me in industry pickup. If you can't tell, I had a shit day in industry pickup. And yeah, I'm frustrated a little bit because of that matchup. Um, Anthony Edwards struggled a little bit from the field, but I'm ready to say that his free throw percentage this season is real. And he is someone that if you're in a punt field goal percentage build... I would be inquiring about him and trying to get him off the person who has him in their fantasy roster because what he's doing right now is excellent, if not for the poor turnovers and poor field goal percentage. Uh, He is someone that I think in the right build can still be a very close to first or second round player, despite him being sort of ranked in the 40s at the moment in nine category settings. Um, So if you're in a punt field goal percentage team, points leagues, you can go and inquire about Anthony Edwards because I think he is he's, he's doing well this season and I, I do like the fact that he's, uh, I think he's fixed or at least very much improved his free throw percentage. Carl Anthony Towns, not the best game from him. Uh, low usage, really. Five of six from the field. The fact that he only took six shots is intriguing. He had six turnovers, 14 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, only uh, one block. Weird. Uh, Nas Reed had... Three times the amount of shots that Carl Anthony Towns had. He had he went fifteen and nine with two two assists, seven of eighteen from the field. Very strange, very very strange to me indeed. It's not like he had more minutes. You know, Carl Anthony Towns played thirty two, Reed played uh, twenty eight, which in twenty eight minutes that'd be great. Now, did he get out there in replacement of Nikhil Alexander Walker? I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, interesting one. Um, if he's going to play twenty eight minutes, he's definitely a guy that we add. You can speculatively add him again. I don't think you'd use him on Friday. Um, so maybe you just want to watch on the next game and see if it goes anywhere. Carl uh, Anderson had 21 minutes, had four blocks. Another one that was down my priority list in the waiver wire claim that I could have added as a stream. It would have been much better, but I did not. Uh, but in 21 minutes, he is nothing more than a streamer, I don't believe. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets versus the Chicago Bulls. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets uh, tried to make it a game in the end there, and this was the guy I'm talking about. Fucking Terry Rozier. A steal and two blocks. When was the last time Terry Rozier had two blocks? Honestly, someone tell me in the comment section below because I'm sure it's been a long, long time. But he was good and was probably the guy trying the hardest and and really pushing out things at the end of this game in the fourth quarter. 25 points, five rebounds, seven assists. He had uh, one of 11 from three, so inefficient from beyond the arc, but... Um, perfect from the free throw line. So poor field goal percentage, but the rest was pretty solid in this one. Uh, Miles Bridges was okay without being great. He had three steals, which is good. Uh, 16 points, eight rebounds, two assists is, like I said, okay in this one. And Brandon Miller, has been, he's been good. The minutes are encouraging. The usage is encouraging. A steal and a block, a block, a block uh, is encouraging. Um, so it's all right. I don't know how long it's going to stay up. I think he's benefited a little bit just for the usage and the minutes with the mellow ball going out. Um, Obviously, right now we roster him and we just hold him until we have a reason to drop him. I don't know if it stays the entire season, though. Um, There was a late out in this one with Mark Williams. So Nick Richards got the start. He had six points, 11 rebounds, three blocks, and a steal. If Williams is out longer, he is a guy that we can stream in and can provide us solid value. He had 27 minutes in this game. Um, So he is a guy that's great for field goal percentage, rebounds, and can block shots. So he is a decent streamer if Mark Williams misses more time. Gordon Hayward is rewarding those who still have him, and I am one of those 
players or one of those people that has held on to him. 27 points, four rebounds, four assists, much better efficiency than what he's been doing. Perfect from the free throw line, two steals and a block. Honestly, a really good game here uh, from Gordon Hayward. I do think if he was dropped in your league, you should go and add him again, especially with Lamella Ball uh, set to miss some extended time. His minutes and usage is pretty secure, I think, at this stage. Um, uh, PJ Washington, not the best game, but I think he can be better. Good, you know, a steal and two blocks is solid. Four assists is useful. Poor from the field, he has an ability to definitely do that on a night-to-night basis. Um, But he could also, on the flip side, have a a better shooting game. And if that is closer to sort of 50 or 60%, the line looks a lot better. So I do think that he is someone that has back-end category league appeal and probably back-end points league appeal as well. Um, Let's talk about the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I want to talk about my guy, Alex Caruso. And I want to talk about what the hell is going on with his injury management because he has been questionable for every game for the last, I want to say, two or three weeks with his toe injury. He comes in, and I actually want to, I'm bringing up his game log here. He comes in and plays, what, last game he played eight minutes and then left in the second quarter and didn't return. Was questionable going into this one, and then he plays 30 minutes. I thought there was definitely an opportunity that they could have, you know, rested him, and I was fine with that, obviously, with my fantasy team. It helped me. He got some stats in that time, but I'm, I'm calling into question what is going on with the Chicago Bulls medical staff, because if this man has been questionable for the last 10 games in a row, and last game he goes out after playing, um, what did he play, 12 and a half minutes, Two games before that, he went out and played 19 minutes, um, didn't return. Um, Two games before that, he was out, missed the next game with 17 minutes. But he just keeps coming back next game. If the bloke is injured enough, and I can't... Every time I watch, because I watch him a lot, he's on my fantasy team, there's no... There's no incident. There's no obvious, like, oh, shit, he's just, you know, like a Suggs today. There's no incident where, okay, he can't walk. He just, you know, you come out of a timeout or you you come out of a a quarter-time break and it's like, oh, Caruso's headed back to the locker room and he's out for the rest of the game. If he's fucking injured, don't play the man. Give him a night off. Like, he's a guy that needs some bloody um, injury management and some, some minutes restrictions and things like that, but they just don't. I don't seem to do it. They just went, all right, well, let's roll the dice again. Fucking throw you out there and see if you get injured. Oh, you got injured? All right, come out. Let's try again next time. Throw you out there, 30 minutes. Oh, you got injured. Oh, this time you didn't. All right, you must be fine. Let's throw you out. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't It doesn't make sense. Uh, my exercise physiology brain is just hurting every time I see the reports. And it's an emotional roller coaster. as if you are an Alex Caruso, uh, if you have him on your fantasy team, I'm sure you can attest to. If he plays 30 minutes, he's great. You have him on your fantasy roster. I've got him on my industry pickup team, and I am riding that uh, roller coaster every game, it seems like. Um, Kobe White is definitely a must-roster player. We also got news today, I should have led with this, that Zach uh, Levine is going to be out for the next two to three weeks with uh, foot inflammation, which is very strange. Um, Well, inflammation is a symptom. It's not a diagnosis, so... Either it's something really severe and it's something like a, I don't know, is it a Jones fracture? Is it, you know, a a metatarsal sort of fracture or, you know, stress reaction or something like that? Is it, if by foot do you mean ankle? Is it an ankle ligament that he's turned over or, you know, rolled or sprained or something like that? Is it something to do with plantar fasciitis, which can be a bit of a bitch to, to, to rehab? We don't really know. He's going to be reevaluated in another two to three weeks, so it's not looking good. And a lot of people are going to jump straight away into the trade. You know, ooh, is he going to get traded? Well, if he's injured, that's if he's legitimately injured, then that might not be 
you know, the, the medical report might not um, permit him to be traded in that instance. So stay attuned to this one, but that will uh, help players like Kobe White. It will also help players like DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic, who both put in good games as well. 20 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, and a block for Vucevic. And if his usage is up while Levine is out, he will be better. And, uh, yeah, so I think he will um, be having... Elevated performances, despite the fact that his efficiency has fallen away this season. Uh, as I predicted, he's been doing exactly what I thought, but he will be better than what I thought in preseason as long as Levine is out and the usage is higher. DeRozan, um, good from the free throw line, which is nice to see from him. Only uh, only one block, no steals, which we know he will not usually provide. And Patrick Williams, man. Theoretically, he should benefit with Levine out. But, I mean, two steals and two blocks is useful. Absolutely is useful. If you have him, again, on a Friday 13-game slate, he's a guy that I would hold. And, again, just get some more data and wait and see. I don't think you should be in a rush to drop him. But I also wouldn't have the longest leash on him either. If he does put up a few dud games in a row, I'd be happy to, to drop him. But two steals and two blocks is useful. But it'd just be nice to see him just shoot the ball a little bit more. Six field goal attempts, you know, two free throws. It, yeah, I just wanted to get more usage, get the ball, and just throw up a shot every now and, every now and again, Patrick. Um, on the bench, nothing really for us to see here. We're nearly getting there, guys. I've probably gone longer in each game than I probably should have, but, you know, I'm feeling fired up. Let's let's keep going. Uh, the Thunder, Shea Gillis-Alexander continues his absolutely stupid steal run to begin the season. Six steals in this one, and he is just absolutely on fire. Maybe he has taken all of Jalen Williams' steals. He just went... Nah, you're not getting steals, mate. I'm getting these steals. And he put up six of them in this one. And he is now averaging, I want to actually have a look, because he is averaging 2.7 steals per game. You want to talk about Z scores and positive Z scores? I believe that is the biggest positive Z score in the entire fantasy basketball landscape. Uh, Let me double check that. The blocks might be another candidate for this. I don't think... Yeah, no no one's challenging him there in blocks. Anthony Davis would be the next biggest. Field goal percentage might be one. I don't think like a Zion would be challenging him there. No. Free throw percentage is our last hope. Yeah, it looks like steals... The steals for Shea Gillis-Alexander is the single most valuable category that any player is providing any fantasy team in the NBA. And by a fair margin right now... And it's a fair sample size right now at the moment as well. So I do think that he does have a chance. I think the league leader averaged 1.9 steals last season. I don't like projecting more than 1.6, 1.7 steals in my projections. I have actually elevated Shea to 1.9 in my projections from this point on. Remember... From this point on is what we're worried about, but he's been incredible. Uh, 33 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists as well, and great efficiency. Uh, missed two free throws, which kind of sucks, but, you know, you deal with that. Um, Josh Giddy, let's talk about him. He played 24 minutes again. 8 rebounds, 4... Uh, sorry, 8 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, had two threes and a steal. What do we do about Josh Giddy? Um... It's getting tough, isn't it? It's getting tough to continue to say to hold him. If you're in a 10-team league, I don't think you have to. If you're in a 12-team league and there are better options immediately on the wire, on the waiver wire right now, I don't think Giddy's going to make you regret it massively if you dropped him and moved on and looked for better production right now. If you are in the top half or you know you're, you're within the picture of the playoff standings, I personally would still try and hold on to Josh Giddy and 
ride it out, hope for an increase in minutes, hope that this is something that's been a, a case of him being affected by off-court issues. And when that's a little bit further in the distance behind us, or, you know, again, hopefully that is the case, and that, you know, I mean, well, anyway, re- I won't get into the, the political side of that thing because I don't know too much about the uh, incident, as none of us really do. Um, his play... Like I said, in most cases, I would hold unless I'm really struggling and I've, I've piled up a few losses and I've got some other injuries and things and I need to make moves now. Giddy would be someone that, in that instance, I'd be happy to move from. from. But otherwise, I'd give it a bit longer. I do think... It's just weird. He's a super young player, very talented, and um, you know the six assists here is useful. Um, the steal is useful, though he's not a massive steal guy. He's, he's going into that Trey Jones kind of territory, um, which is not really super reliable for fantasy. Chet Holmgren had a down game in this one, although he had six bloody blocks in this one, but five, uh, five rebounds, four points, two assists is not the best. But obviously you'll live with that when you give six blocks as well to help your fantasy performance. Uh, Jalen Williams, 13-5 f- uh, and three, I should say, and one steal. Not very efficient. Um... Perfect from the free throw line. I think he is a bit of a buy-low candidate, but I also don't think he's going to be as good as some other people are suggesting. I don't think he's going to be a top 50 or a top 60 player. Those steals that he put up last year were great and all. And even when I plugged in, in the preseason projections, something close to that, it wasn't a top 50 player. We always need to remember the small sample size inflates the ranking numbers, which we all often fondly remember when we're looking back on past seasons. So I think he's more of a top 75, top 80 guy moving forward. Um, so if you can get him for someone around that 100 mark, I would do so. Otherwise, I think he's just going to keep doing what he's doing with maybe a slight bump in steals. Um, and the rest of the team, we don't really need to talk about too much. Uh, Isaiah Joe, only the 1-3 today, uh, so that kind of sucks if you streamed him in for threes. Only the 13 minutes, um, which is uh, it's not the best. So one, one thing to monitor, again, if you're looking for him as a three-point streamer in future. Uh, for the Houston Rockets, on the back of bloody... Um, uh, Man Thompson going nuts in the G League. Uh, keep an eye on him as well. Put him in your watch list. Don't need to add him just yet, but watch list him. Um, the Houston Rockets uh, got a big dub here. Uh, Dylan Brooks put up a good game. 23 points, four rebounds, two assists, and was efficient. Two threes, perfect from the free throw line, and had a steal. I don't think you really need to rush to add him in fantasy basketball leagues. Uh, he's more of a 14-team back-end guy. And not much better than that, I don't believe. Shangun continues to rack up good assist numbers. Six rebounds here, a steal and two blocks. Good game from him. Um, and Except for the pain that he caused you from the free-throw line. He was always a, a more punt, free-throw-y kind of a guy. Probably not a, what you typically see as a punt, free-throw guy. But in the minus one rankings that I you know had at the start of the season, the free-throws was the one that it was dropping off. It was always his worst category. Um, it's... Obviously, nights like this make it worse than we expected it to be. Um, Jalen Green, after a few big games, he's gone back to doing more of the same. 15 points, 7 rebounds, and nothing else. No defensive stats, 1 assist and 1-3. Uh, you know, it's not inefficient, um, so that's fine. But, yeah, still not the best fantasy player, in my opinion. Fred Van Vliet brought 3 steals, which is good. Those have been back a little bit. 9 assists is good. Poor field goal percentage, which is what we... No and expects from Fed Van Vliet and three turnovers. So, you know what? Actually, no, fuck this guy. He's terrible. Terrible player. Uh, he's hurting you more than he should. Poor field goal percentage. Ter- terrible turnovers. Drop him. He, he's terrible. And uh, you should not have him on your fantasy roster because he turns the ball over and has bad field goal percentage. Um, obviously, I'm kidding. Keep holding him. Uh, Jabari Smith um, had a rough night. Didn't shoot very often. But how about 18 fucking rebounds for this guy? 18 rebounds while Shangun had six. I mean... Okay, 
All right, Jabari. Um, not much else, but yeah, wild uh, kind of anomaly uh, when it comes to category production for him. And Tari Eason, we're always watching him for some streaming value. Some just if anyone ever gets injured, Dylan Brooks gets injured, Jabari Smith gets injured, we're watching him and we're going to grab him immediately. I still think he's more of a watch list guy, 14 team, 16 team league guy, uh, nine points, eight rebounds, four assists. He had two threes and he also had two blocks in this game. So solid game off the bench. You just can't really rely on the 22 minutes night to night uh, for him. Let's move on. We are nearly there, guys. On to the Utah Jazz. They got spanked by the Dallas Mavericks, so not too much to talk about in this one. Um, I will talk about the fact that they continue to, for whatever God knows reason, start Walker Kessler on the bench and Omer Yurtovin as the starting uh, center. I just don't understand. I don't get it. Why? Why? Why are we doing this? Walker Kessler is playing his full allotment of minutes He's playing more minutes now than when he was at the start of the season. Why is he coming off the bench? Um, is Omer Yurtsevin your future NBA center? Is he a franchise center that you're grooming into that position? Is he a floor spacer <laughs> that you want out there next to the other guys? No. Um, what are we doing? Why? Why are we doing this? I, I just, it baffles me. I have no understanding as to why this is happening. Um, so, yeah. John Collins has been pretty poor recently. He hasn't been giving much of the other stats. So, 10 and 8 with no other stats in this one. Uh, so, not a good performance from him here. Um, and Keontae George was also not the best. He had 11 assists, which is great from this one, but poor efficiency, um, no threes, no steals. He had a block, but we can't rely on too much on that. Five turnovers. This is the case where, okay, poor efficiency, five turnovers. Now, you have 11 assists, but there's not too much else to float this lineup. So that is the case where, you know, you can write that on your on your blurb if you're doing fantasy basketball um, little spiels. That, that can be a line that applies to that. But 11 assists, I still think it's worth keeping a hold on to, but it was a rough game here. You need to be patient and probably better suited to punt field goal teams. Um, if you're not punting field goals, then I don't actually know if he's a must-roster player. If you're desperate for assists, he can provide that. Uh, I don't know if I would classify him as a must-roster for every single team, but I do believe that there is a team in your league that probably should roster him. I hope that makes sense. It just doesn't have to be your team. Um, and yeah, Ochai Ogbaji, for whatever reason, had a great shooting performance, 21 points, but two of steals and literally nothing else. Five threes. He got hot. I don't think we need to add him at all. And uh, yeah, that's it. Walker Kessler, we should talk about his actual game. No blocks in this one again. Um, poor, not not elite efficiency. So he's, again, going back to being disappointing. Maybe a bit of a buy low. Actually, definitely a buy low for Walker Kessler. I'd have to think at some point they switch this and the blocks come back again like they started to, but then trailed off again. I would be buying low, but he obviously is going to be someone I think, well, maybe not obviously, but I believe he's going to be someone that we look back on and say he was overdrafted, uh, which, again, I was kind of preaching at the start of the season. Let's talk about the final two games, which I do need to get up here. We'll start with the Warriors and the Trail Blazers. Um, we will talk about this one here now. Let's talk about... Uh, Shaden Sharp, he had another good game. Had a good game with Simons coming back. The usage stayed uh, relatively high and the efficiency improved. So he's someone that I'm still holding on for now. And also in this game, we saw that Malcolm Brogdon left this game with an injury. And he is someone that, uh, look, if you can stash him in an IR spot, do so. I don't know if the injury is super serious, but with Brogdon... Any injury is considered to be serious, in my opinion. And um, it's just going to make things tough because when he comes back, maybe someone like a Scoot Henderson is playing a little bit more. And yeah, it's not the ideal timing for him. Simon's back is great. He got up 
lots of shots, 10 of 27 from the field. So he's got that Jordan Poole-ish kind of a game, but he's not, you know, taking this or taking the piss when he's out there on the court. So he's going to kind of do a slightly down version of what I expected Jordan Poole to do with poor efficiency, lots of shots, lots of threes. Hopefully he can get to the free throw line and hopefully he can provide some uh, four assists. Hopefully it can be a little bit better than that. But um, he was supposed to have a minutes limit. Well, nah, fuck that shit. He played 37 minutes in this game. Why say it? Why say it if you're just going to pump him out there for 37 minutes? Whatever. I don't know. Coaches, man. Fucking NBA coaches. All right. Um... The rest of this game, we can pretty much throw out, uh, except for Scoot Henderson. Uh, Not the best performance. He had a steal. He wasn't super inefficient and only one turnover. So nine points, two rebounds, four assists. Not great. You want the 25 minutes to come up. Hopefully, he does see that happen sooner or later with Brogdon going down. I am holding him, and I still think that, like I said before with um, Kyote George, someone in your league should add him. It doesn't have to be you if you're punting assists or you really... Field goal percentage and turnovers are like your key categories that are close with every other team in your league, but someone needs to have Scoot Henderson on your t- on their team. The Warriors, um, Moses Moody, man, he is my guy and he's coming, man. I-, I think at this point, I am ready to say that he is a better player than Andrew Wiggins. And if I was the coach, I'd be starting him over Andrew Wiggins. They probably won't do that, but he's on my watch list in many leagues. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is back to being bad. I think you can drop him. Clay Thompson is also back to being bad. I would not drop him. He is never someone that's going to be a great fantasy player, but I think he can have that like 100 to 120 type value, and on any given night, he can go off and give you some good value, but not a good performance here. And also not a great performance for Steph Curry from the field. He got to the free throw line a lot, which is great. No steals, no blocks, one assist. 31 points is good, but... A poor performance by Steph Curry's standards, which are very high. And uh, how about Draymond Green just hitting free throws now? Um, yeah, okay. Pretty good. Uh, nearly triple-double. So And two blocks, which is a uh, very good Draymond Green game. I don't think we need to hold Podzimski anymore. Um, Chris Paul came back to this one. Only 20 minutes. He didn't really get back into this game until very late. He, he played, what, 13 minutes, I think, in the th- first half. I thought he was on track for his 26-27. And then, second half... Really late. To, I think he entered the game at like one minute left in the third quarter. I didn't watch the end of this game, uh, so I don't know if he closed or not. So to finish with 20 minutes is worrying. I'm holding him. Six assists is useful, but it is concerning. And there is a scenario where we do drop Chris Paul later in the season, but it's not yet for me. Uh, I'm not getting excited about Kaminga going six for six from the field. He is, in my opinion, not very good uh, of an NBA basketball player. Last game of the day, um, let's talk about it. Which one was it? It was the Clippers and the Nuggets. Um, let's talk about this one. Jamal Murray uh, came back in this one, and he was solid. Uh, 23 points, 6 assists, 1 steal, and a block. Jokic it just continues to be awesome. Triple-double here with a steal, and inefficient. Not a very efficient game from him, so you know he normally is a massively boost to your field goal percentage in a two-game week. This does hurt a lot, but... Uh, you're not complaining if you've got Nikola Jokic on your team. Aaron Gordon uh, played his 31 minutes. Pretty disappointing line in terms of just an overall activity level. 8.6 rebounds, 2 assists. Um, 2 steals is okay. He'll be better than this. It's good to see him just play the 31 minutes. Um, and very efficient night for Michael Porter Jr., who's been shooting really well recently, and he's going to continue to do that, I do believe. The rest of this team, we don't really need to worry about. KCP had his steal. If you streamed him in, woohoo, we got a steal. Um, Reggie Jackson, you can drop now. 18 minutes is not going to cut it. And not too many other interesting players. 
The last game, or last team here, we had 25 points, 8 rebounds, and an assist from Paul George. Um, all the kind of big guys, I think, were solid. Kawhi Leonard, we highlighted on the Sell High show. Maybe this makes it a little bit harder, not the best performance. Um, I don't think he's going to be a first-round player this season on a per-game basis. He might not be a second-round player on a per-game basis this season. He's also a guy that's not the greatest in minus-one rankings because he's just average across the board. So if you can get a second-round player for Kawhi, I would do it. Um... That is it for those games, guys. All right. That will do it for us today, guys. Thank you very much. I've dragged on this podcast longer than I thought. So thank you very much for staying back to the end. Let me know down in the comment section below, how did you go in your fantasy matchup today? Make sure you give this video a big old thumbs up. Make sure you hit subscribe button, guys, there. And I will see you next time for the Week 8 Preview Show. Until next time, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.